Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. in the daily financial news for February 29th, we highlighted some information from Resi Club. We gave you the top five markets that were up and down the most in active inventory. We've got the creator of that said report and folks, it is 40 deep. We are going to look at the 40 markets that are up and down the most. And because Lance Lambert is the guy housing, 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 we're going to be able to go back multiple years. Lance, how you doing, man? You're amazing. Doing good. Uh, thank you for having me, Zuber. Uh, you know, this data is actually what I usually just share with uh, the Resi Club Pro, my premium audience. Uh, but there was chat the past couple of weeks about where inventory is up and where is it down. So I thought it would be good to just dig into the data and show people how I like to read it and look at the shifts among the uh, regional markets. So we good to jump into it. Yeah, I think this is the this is again. Go ahead and feel free to bring it up, but folks, you got to pay attention to that. If you follow one rental at a time, we talk about a buy box. We talk about your area. We talk about national statistics, folks. You've got to look at your market because again, we may have markets like Florida that are in trouble, and other markets like Las Vegas that will surprise you the other way. And Lance Lambert is the only guy Resi Club that brings us this data. So, uh, what do you got, Lance? So uh, I pulled this out of my Lance Lambert inventory tracker, which in the tracker, there's this down to a county level, like 3,000 plus counties, 800 wow. metros, and the data is for every month. Plus I have my cuts. And these are my five most important cuts for inventory. And we're looking at active listing change. So one year change is year over year shift in active listings. Two year change is January, 2024 compared to January, 2022. Uh, mm -hmm. so right when, you know, uh, the, pretty much that number should be up a good amount in most markets right. because yeah. inventory was so low when rates were down at 3% at the end of the pandemic housing boom, and the market was essentially just overheating. And there mm -hmm. was not really inventory where things would go up for sale, for sale, and they would just fly off the shelf. Um, yeah. so you should be up a lot for two year. Then there's three year, which is 2024 versus 2021. But really to me, the most important columns here are one year change. Mm -hmm. So you can see the softness, whether it's getting tighter or softer and then five year change. So that's January, 2024 versus January, 2019. And so mm. change for the rest of this year will be that month versus its respective month in 2019. And oh, that's very interesting. That's an interesting way to look at it because I did not pick up that subtle detail when I looked at this the first time. So if we just take the first one, for example, uh, Punta Gorda, Florida, you're up 150% in a year and you're up 32% over five years, right? So yeah. 2019. So you're definitely up. But if you scroll down to number 186, Lynchburg VA, yep. you're up roughly 40% in a year. But you're down 73% from 2019. Folks, if you're in Lynchburg, VA, let me know what's going on there. Because again, that's uh, 
That really stands out. I did not yeah, pick that up my, before. My guess would be that places like Lynchburg and Traverse City, Michigan, they are probably still moving up at a relatively normal home price appreciation rate. Mm. Uh, you know, the technicals of the markets, they're just too tight, right? Yeah, uh, I guess so. Is the top four are all Florida. Hootsagorda, Cape Coral, Fort Myers, Northport, Sarasota, and then Naples. But if you look down to a zip code level in those markets, Cape Coral and Punta Gorda and parts of like Northport, yeah, they've seen some prices softening. But Punta Gorda is up 32% above pre-pandemic levels for inventory. Cape Coral, only down 12%, but that's pretty close, right? Yeah. Uh, Northport the same way. Now, Naples, they have seen inventory come up a lot recently, but they're still well below pre-pandemic levels and prices aren't falling there. Interesting. Um, and so this five-year change, I don't know what it is about it, but, well, I kind of do. I have theories. Um, but what we have seen in this market is the past two years, the closer you get back to pre-pandemic levels, the right. more likely you are to see prices weaken or soften. That makes sense to me. Again, I think... It's an it's an it's basically supply and demand, and what you're saying here is the supply side, and and you're seeing supply in some markets dwarf demand since active listings are growing. That that's right, yeah. And so a month's of supply and active listing change, that is your equilibrium of supply and demand. And so if you see it move up a lot, softening, right? You see it move down quickly, you're you're get, you're tightening in your market. Um, so and, this is again the top forty. I was trying to count how many Floridas in there. I, I got to I got to eight. I think I didn't I didn't we didn't go all the way to the bottom. Yeah, a good number and some of the biggest ones on this because this is yeah. among the largest um, you know three hundred markets. This cut and so you will see like the ones that are in the five you know hundred largest Cape Coral, Northport. Oh yeah, um, in there Panama City is too, and it, Panama City is actually forty six percent above pre-pandemic levels, there's an mm. Airbnb softening going on there. Um, yeah, so a lot of Florida, Florida, you, you see. Yeah, so Florida is at least 20% of the top 40. So what that tells me is if if there was going to be a state out of the 50 states that could really see negative growth, uh, it's going to be Florida, right? Well, negative I, I price would say this, though, is that places like Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Mm -hmm. um, those are places where you've seen more softening in prices, but the reason they're not up here, cause this is one year change mm -hmm. is their run up in inventory occurred at the end of 2022. And unlike Las Vegas and Phoenix, uh, they didn't tighten up at, in the beginning of 2023. So they, no, that, yep. in their spot. I agree with you. I don't know. I think you said something that I'm not I'm not ready to agree with. I think you said that Texas saw more of an appreciation. I think that's a point in time. I think Florida's pain has just started and it may eclipse Texas in total. It just started later. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And and so here, um, I didn't share this cut of the data, but this is um give me a second. I'm trying to figure out why Austin is in here. Uh, oh, some reason I left off Austin. Mm -hmm. That's, huh, let me see the size rank. 
Oh, for some reason, when I this page just doesn't have all the data on this one. Okay. We'll we'll go um, to another. That's fine. Um, so so let me see if this one will allow. Okay, here we go. This is one that I didn't plan on sharing, mm -hmm. uh, but if you wanted to find the places that were probably the most likely to see total softening over the past couple of years, Panama City, uh, Idaho Falls, these places right here, and some of these, yeah, I know for a fact they've seen some declines. Um, let me. And see now, why is this cut better? Is it because it's on the five-year chart? Five-year change, yeah. Got so it. if you've made it all the way up to pre-pandemic levels. Uh, Austin, you know, they're essentially right back at pre-pandemic levels. Uh, San Antonio, they've really yeah. shot, shot up like last year, which was interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm seeing is Texas moved last year. Florida's moving this year. Yeah, that, that's what it kind of seems like. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this is the opposite. This is the places where inventory has fallen the most over the past year. This is uh, wild. Vegas is number one. <laughs> Vegas and Boise. And what happened in both of those markets were in correction mode in, mm -hmm. in final six, seven, eight months of 2022 as mortgage rates moved up very quickly. Inventory moved up very fast in Las Vegas, Boise, uh, and, and Phoenix, you see right here. But what occurred is early in 2023, in particular in Las Vegas and Phoenix, those markets started to tighten up. It's not like Las Vegas and Phoenix are booming. They're not. Mm -hmm. Although you go to parts of Phoenix like Scottsdale, they've been stronger than other parts of Phoenix. Uh, but the market's tightened up, right? You're not seeing, um, you know, deeper, uh, you know, price declines in those markets uh, like you saw in 2022. And so Phoenix, yeah, and uh, sorry. So Las Vegas right there down 43%. And <laughs> that just told you that market tightened up last year. Yeah. Really it's bad. really interesting when I when I look at this and, and I look at the third column, 20, which I think is 2021, you can really see the markets where the um, iBuyers were playing because 2021 is when the iBuyers cried uncle and they started listing a bunch. And I mean, Phoenix is, is a great example of that. I think Phoenix is up 131%. Well, and, and so one thing I would say is to remember, these aren't necessarily saying that 2022 went up this much or 2021 went up this much what it's saying is now versus the beginning of 2022 so even with las vegas falling 43 percent, it's still more inventory now 24 percent more than in january 2022 like going Got into the year understood um, yep. so like boise this is interesting Boise right now, inventory is up 181% versus January 2021 levels. Mm. And so Boise, that's why Boise is still softer than right. Las Vegas. Las Got Vegas, it. they fell 43% and quickly moved closer to where they were, you know, during the boom times, not all the way back there, but closer. Whereas Boise, they fell 37% and are still up almost double or triple from their lows of the pandemic housing boom. And the reason they were able to fall 37% and still be up so much from the peak of the pandemic housing boom is because inventory in 2022 just skyrocketed so high up. Yeah, and, I mean, that they, makes sense. They, they were high. Um, yeah. And so Boise was well above pre-pandemic levels and now they're 32% below pandemic Got levels. It. 
Got it. This is the kind of stuff, folks, if you're putting money to work in different cities, your backyard, you need to watch. Uh, typically, uh, Lance, is it fair to say that this, again, 40, again, you have 800 or 900 and you just down to the zip code. How many zip codes? 3,000 zip codes? Uh, well, uh, 3,000 counties. Or so counties, sorry, tracker, counties. You open up the tracker and you'll see the monthly data for metros and counties. You'll see 800 metros, 3,000 counties. Counties, okay. Then they have separate emails that I send out for zip codes mm. because I don't want to put too much of that in the spreadsheets so to crash it. So right. what I do for zip codes is I do interactive maps for mm. like a region, let's say the Southwest, the Northeast, the Midwest, and I do 26,000 zip codes for this data. 26,000 zip codes. Folks, this is why Resi Club is the best of the best because he's looking at data, not feelings, not opinions, data or data. Uh, and again, he's got the history for it. Uh, Lance, where can people find stuff like this? Yeah, uh, you can Google Resi Club Analytics. Uh, if you don't want to join the paid membership, just want to get some of the stories, some of the charts, just go to Resi Club Analytics, put in your email. You'll get uh, several data-driven articles per week. And then if you want to upgrade to Pro, uh, you could uh, upgrade to Pro there as well and get a lot more of the regional data for metros, counties, and zip codes from me. Yeah. And then the last article I remember you sending out last week is looks like Warren Buffett sold his home builders. You want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, I'm not exactly sure why Warren Buffett sold Berkshire Hathaway. But last year, um, uh, Warren Buffett at some point bought shares in DR Horton, Lenar, and uh, NVR. And I'm not they didn't quite disclose the exact date of it or why they did it, uh, but they put home builders into their portfolio. And then now this week, they sold off a, a chunk of that. And so give me a second to pull up some more data. Um, let's see. Sorry, folks, I sprung this one on them. Oh, this all, one's all on good. Me. Yeah, so <laughs> last year they bought about, I'd say 800 million worth of mm -hmm. home builder stock. About 700 million of that was uh, DR Horton. Oh, wow. And then we learned this month that they sold off um, all of the DR Horton stock. So they're still in the, um, you know, making a mm -hmm. play for home builders with NBR and Lenar, but it's a lot smaller play. Yeah. And let's go through some possible theories on that. Let me pull up the data. So okay. here is the stock performance by year. So this one isn't like the five-year change. This is actually the change per year, year by year. Yep. Year by year, exactly. Um, and so Pulte Group <coughs> was up 49% in 2019, up 11% in 2020, up 32% in 2021, fell 20% in 2022. And then last year, holy crap, up 126%. Mm. That's a uh, double. 23. And so what you would see with home builders, if you look at the numbers from last year, which you have them right here, is that every single home builder, the, the big boys, beat mm -hmm. the S&P 500. And the S&P yeah. 500 last year was up 24%. And of the 10 biggest builders, the one up the least was uh, NVR, which is still up 52%. Um, and so... And that comes off a dip that we saw in 2022. Wasn't a great year for stocks. S&P 500 down 
Home builders were down just about as much, if not a little more. And then a big rebound this year. Once the market was like, oh, 2023, there isn't a recession. Oh, mm -hmm. 2023, the home builders had these big margins, made affordability adjustments, resale supply is tight, and builders are in a good spot. And so yeah. they run on home builder stocks. And so it could be that Warren Buffett jumped in to capitalize on some of that and mm -hmm. then saw um, yeah. and, and took gains. And we don't exactly know what the gains would are, but I'm guessing that his NBR, which he had 700 million in, I think he was up about 40%. That's yeah. me guessing. I don't know that for sure because I don't have the exact dates. If any of you yeah. have a uh, Bloomberg terminal, you might be able to actually check that. Um, give, give me a second. Some uh, source needs myself in for a later call. Some texting them. No worries. No worries. Uh, the other thing that I think that you really broke this week, which is something I'm really hopeful oh, let for. Stick, let me stick on this for one oh, go ahead. Um, Let me pull something up. Now, I will say it is a little uncharacteristic for Buffett to do this um, mm -hmm. because let me get it. Uh, you know, Warren Buffett usually and Berkshire Hathaway, they usually hold on for a long time on yep. these stocks. When they put them in their portfolio, they make these longer plays. Now, yep. some some recently in this past like four, three years, they have done more of this churn in their portfolio. And it's mm -hmm. probably just because we've been in this crazy period. Uh, and we've seen so many big swings and they probably have tried to capitalize on some of them. Uh, but uh, a quote, let me get it. Uh, you know, the Oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett, uh, wrote in his 1996 letter to shareholders, if you aren't willing to own a stock for 10 years, don't even think about owning it for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I think that's that. interesting. So it could be profit taking. It could also be uh, you know, maybe Berkshire Hathaway's you know, like, you know what, a lot of the future outlook for builders got priced in and yep. maybe, maybe if rates fall next couple of years, maybe there's more churn in the market, maybe more resale, uh, mm -hmm. inventory out there. Maybe, you know, the, the best sweet spot we just hit. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Just kind yeah. of theorizing. Uh, but it doesn't seem like it's a huge bearish statement of, uh, home builders. Um, I, I don't think, um, yeah. But it, the you last, know, you you yeah. can't replicate these gains from 2023. No. You're in. Oh no, yeah. And no, he, you can't do that. He got, again. In, he got in, made money on the big jump up, and you know, it, you're not going to see a big jump up on a on a stock on a on a sector that yeah. isn't like a high growth sector, right? Like, mm -hmm. it is what it is. Yeah, the other thing you broke last week, which I I thought was amazing, and which I think I hope continues and actually gets bigger in 2024, is new home construction. New home construction, according to Resi Club, fell three percent. Uh, the size, right? The average footprint of a home fell three percent. I hope that continues. Lennar seems to be going in a big way. I think there's a, a 661 square foot facility in San Antonio, 996 in Paradise, Arizona, and and more to be coming. Um, this could be part of help fixing affordable housing is just build smaller homes. What do you think? Yeah, th that's what it is. Housing affordability is historically strained. Home builders are turning to smaller homes, more condos, more townhomes. Yep. Those things all make sense. And um, that's not a bad thing. Uh, no, you know, it's not a bad thing. But again, if you're a crash bro, you're going to be able to say that new home prices fell 15% from the peak. And of course, you just won't layer in the details. The home is smaller and 
all of that. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, a, a part of that is obviously the smaller builds. Another part of you know the price side is there was some give up in price in 2022, and sure. have long cycles to build these homes. So something that's sold, you know, it takes a while to actually hit the market, be transact, mm -hmm. go into the census data. Um, so there's a bit of lag there. And we did see new construction prices in some markets rise last year, um, yeah. a, a bit of a dip, but you know, it, you know, on the build price side, it, it's so hard to actually know exactly what's going on there because the net effective is hard to calculate, right? Because they have yeah. the incentives. It's like, uh, yeah, for it, sure. It, it's just a tricky, tricky spot, but generally speaking, Resale prices last year were stronger than new construction. New construction, there was some more give up on mm -hmm. price and on a net effective basis, even more because- Even more, yeah. That. No, absolutely. That is why new construction was able to keep the transactions going. And the existing market is struggling with this current rate environment. The existing market needs to be down where the builders are at. The builders mm -hmm. have already found the market. The yep. market is at six- it's at five and a half. That is the market. Correct. To there. And we're going to have a much more, you know, a much more churn in this market and much more activity. Right now, this going up to seven, uh, you know, it, it breaks. Just prices a slow, lot of people. Slow down. And you yeah. know, one thing that I think, and I don't want to go off too much on a tangent, but we have seen new listings pop up a good amount. Yeah. Start, start this year. Yeah. Right. But here's the thing if you're going to decide you're going to sell your home, I don't think you decide like, oh, today I'm selling, right? It's a several month decision, right? Correct. What happened several months ago? Rates came down a bit. No, they did. Yeah. Now went back up. So I am wondering if the spring selling season, mm -hmm. if this jump up in listings can start to be constrained more as the season goes on for like the May listings, the June listings, the July listings, which are the peak of the listing season. Can they be constrained by the fact that rates have went higher and some would-be sellers who would then go buy are like, you know what, these, yep. these went up more than I thought they would. Whereas some of this early pop-up was people who decided in November, December when rates kind of fell into mid no, exactly. looking like they were going to go down even further. I, I don't know. Just kind of- No, I think you're right. I think, I mean, I talk to agents and brokers all the time and, you know, typically when you're on the demand side, it's a much quicker decision, but when you do decide to sell, it's a process. You typically have to clean or declutter. You have to make some choices with the kids. It's not a overnight decision to your point. So yeah, if there are properties being listed today, the decision was made four weeks ago, six weeks ago. Uh, it is certainly a process and, and that bears, that logic bears out given my discussions uh, with folks. So um I guess the last thing to ask about shrinkflation is, do you think that continues? Lennar, at least in my casual research, appears to be the pioneer. Do you think more and more builders go smaller? It, uh, yes. Yeah, that, that's going to be what we see. Um, and, and I say that we had 40 years where homes got bigger. They did. Uh, yes. Through like 2012, 2013, 2014, that 40 year run up, they were getting bigger. Um, and what we have seen actually in the past nine years, according to Parcel Labs, is that square footage has fallen. Now, mm. the biggest drop was last year, where it fell 3%. But before that, it was falling like 1% a year. Mm. And I've seen like John Burns estimate like another 3% drop for this year. So I think so. 
Um, yeah. And you just think about it through an economic lens, which is yeah. you have two things. Affordability is strained, historically yep. strained, right? And we don't right now have a lever down for affordability. Yeah, if mortgage rates come in a percentage point, that'll help. Um, you know, if in some of these markets, you could get a little bit of, you know, a percent here or two, and some of these, like the Florida ones are three or four, give up on price. Maybe it comes a little bit, but it's still not a big lever down on affordability. Right. That's one. So affordability is strained, and it's going to be a big deal for the marketplace. And two is demographics. People are having fewer kids. They're waiting yep. long to have kids. So the demographics and the affordability, they tell us probably smaller homes. Plus, there's a there's an issue of lot size in some yep. of these. And some of the best places for building the single family homes, the bigger ones, they've been taken. And so, mm-hmm. you know, some of that infill, you know, uh, opportunities in some markets is for smaller and you are seeing some loosening of zoning, right? And that's going to loosen up probably infill spots that are probably more condo, small single family, interesting type of multi stuff. And then yep. plus you look at the ADUs and those aren't going to be bigger. They're going to be small. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I think everything, if you just sit back and look at the economics, probably says smaller homes, but it's not a big, it takes time, right? It does. <laughs> It and that's why, that. I mean, it took 40 years to get up to the top of the square footage size. So it's going to take a long time to get to the, the bottom of yeah. that. Well, my hope is we actually exceed the 3% uh, call from John Burns. I hope we see negative 5%. Uh, and again, that would really be... For, for total square footage for homes. Just drop. Somebody yeah. just jumped on and... <laughs> yeah, total square footage. All the way to the end, yes. For total square foot. Details. Yeah, I just hope, I, I hope small homes take off. And if they take off, right, you, the more of those you sell, obviously, that's just how median works. It just pulls it lower. Um, but at the end of the day, if somebody wanted to get a part of Resi Club, both the free and the paid version, where do they go? Yeah, resiclubanalytics.com. Put in your email and you can, uh, <clears throat> sorry, just joking a little bit. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at News Lambert. Yeah, he's, he's a great follow on Twitter or X, News Lambert. Thank you, buddy. Thank you.